Hello and welcome to 100 Women in Insurance podcast. My name is Sandra Lewin and I am your host. I'm on the mission to make insurance a career choice, not a chance. Together with my amazing guests, we are sharing our career stories, tips and much more and hope to inspire to join and remain in insurance. The industry is changing, so it couldn't be a better time to showcase the fantastic women across the insurance market. Let's jump into today's episode. Sonia, welcome to 100 Women in Insurance podcast. I am very happy to have you here. You are a award winner, and I have to look at my list, a award winner of MGA Rising Star, IBUK Rising Star, shortlisted for women in insurance. I mean, the list probably could go on. And you are head of product development and yes, and group. Tell us a bit more about yourself. Introduce yourself. Well, thank you for having me today. Um, really appreciate it. I um, am Sonia Habib. So um, yeah, 28 years old and uh, have been in insurance for 10 years. So um, I actually had my 10-year anniversary last week. Congratulations. With the Jensen Group. So yeah, thank you very much. Um, it has flown by, to say the least. Um, I've only ever done insurance, so I actually don't know anything other than that. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole old, no, old saying of, did you fall into it or did you choose it or was it family? And I think, you know, when, when you choose to go in insurance, you have to know about insurance to yes. know what what it can offer you. So I think there's definitely a privilege there if you choose to at, at a young age. Um, I think family. Um, a lot of people might have parents or siblings mm. that, that that work in the industry. So you, that's a great inning because you mm. you know about it before you decide to sign your soul. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> like that. Sign your soul. But you are jumping to my sort of first opening question, right. so don't worry about it. I love that. I love that. You're like, I'm ready for this. <laughs> Going straight um, into the kill. <laughs> yeah, because but what was it for you then? Was it a career choice or a chance? Um, so it was a chance mm. for sure because um, for quite a long time I was always quite fascinated by medicine and ah. health and biology, chemistry, maths. I'm much more of a maths girl than I am English. Mm-hmm. Um, and my trajectory that I thought would pan out was that I would go to university, do the sciences, do the maths, and then proceed to be some sort of medical practitioner. Um, and then in my great wisdom of the two weeks before I decided to, to leave sick form, thought you know what I don't actually want to do it I don't want to invest 10 years of my time at medical school Mm. um so I went on the apprenticeships website and a role came up at um a a town close to me um and it was an account handler role Mm -hmm. um at at an insurance company I thought insurance oh god I didn't even realize there was a career in insurance so um it was a massive gamble for me but I'm a massive believer of the butterfly effects. Oh, talk to me about that. I'm, I'm not. What, what, does, what does that happen? <laughs> so, so in its simplest form, it essentially means every decision you make, every choice you make, leads you to where you are now. Okay. So whether, you know, big, small, um, you know that difference between walking mm. across the road, staying on the path, that kind of thing. So um, had I not have had that thought, that fleeting thought yeah. of, you know what I'm going to chance it and go into a, mm. an industry of the unknown I wouldn't be sat here talking to you 
Do you know, I really like, I've never heard about it. So I will be looking to that one because, but I, I'm a strong believer that there isn't a bad decision. There's a decision that has consequences, right? So you are, whatever decision you make takes you on a journey and it's up to you what decision you make if what that makes that. sense yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but I love the butterfly what was it a butterfly butterfly effect butterfly effect yeah I love that it comes to me there's a movie there was a movie a long there is ago, a, there is a movie on that, <laughs> <laughs> so that not the kind of craziness we're talking about. no nothing sinister right so back to your decision your first role then um yeah what happens then so, um, so I applied for the role, and uh, I, you know, typically when you apply for roles, they don't tend to advertise the salary. So, um, I thought, I, I, you know, I'm 18 years old. Mm. I don't know what good looks like. And um, when I had my interview, um, I found out I got the job on the day, which was amazing. Wow. And um, when we were negotiating the salary, it was I say negotiating very lightly. Um, I'm 18. I don't mm. know how to negotiate. Um, but I, I was offered 11 grand for, okay. for a year. Yeah. Um, and for me, that was like the lottery. I, yeah. You know, I thought to myself, I made it, Mum. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, this is it. A call. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. I was like, dinner's on me. Um, and you do. You think 11 grand's a lot because yeah. you see it as a lump sum, not spread over 12 yeah. months. So um, at that point, I said to myself, and I made a promise to myself, it might not be a lot, but you work hard, mm. you give 150%, be the yes person. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a little bit controversial mm -hmm. because being the yes person can, can sometimes be the detriment of your own health. Yeah. Um, and there's a fine line between being a yes woman or man mm. um, and being a people pleaser. Mm hmm so, um, so I made a promise to myself that I would, I would do it and that actually you make the sacrifices now. Yeah. And whilst you can and whilst you're young. Yeah. So um, going into insurance at 18, um, I didn't have any plan because mm -hmm. I think the best plan is to not have a plan. Mm -hmm. um, goals are great because it keeps you motivated and it allows that discipline to, to kind of be instilled in you. Um, but I think ultimately you meet so many people in life that you don't know you're going to meet, yeah. they can change that goal. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. This is interesting because I always say plan for the fact that your plan will not work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that is one guarantee in your plan. I love that. It's yeah. just not going to go this way, right? <laughs> so, yeah, go with that. I like what you say about have a goal, but, but actually what you described here is it's a motivation. You were like, I'm start. I'm dedicating myself to this journey, wherever that journey looks mm. like. That's a very different to like in five years, I'm going to X, have X amount of money. You were saying, I'm going to give it all. Mm. So I know that I will, it will be successful, whatever that success looks like. And let me open myself up to that success. Is that kind of, it's a That's, very different mentality to what normally people have. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think at, at 18, you don't know. Mm right from wrong as much as you do later on in life because experience teaches you a lot of things um it teaches you what to not do again and it also teaches you what you've done right and actually to, to adopt um but I think that that kind of motivation in me was was more around having a blank canvas yeah and it's like okay you've got a blank canvas you're still really young you're still mm. moldable you've still got so many people to meet you've got a lot to learn 
Um, but what do you actually want from life, right? What yeah. is your purpose? So mm. I've always been quite an old head on young shoulders. Mm-hmm. So from a really young age, I've, I've thought that the world isn't just the world. We're, you know, bigger than what we are. We might be one human in a, mm. a billion um, plus uh, people planet, but um, we all have a purpose. Yeah. Um, you create your purpose. Mm and you discover your purpose so I think really you know the the infant time of my career mm-hmm. was more about discovering who I was yes less about my career yeah so what I discovered over the first few years of um doing what I was doing was actually I was capable of more than what I thought I was mm-hmm. um I was impressionable um I wanted to understand everything um I was always quite inquisitive and mm. still am still am now because I'm like a child. Mm. <laughs> I want to know why. Yeah. yeah. That's the way to learn, right? Yeah. I always say very often I sit in the meeting rooms and, you know, everyone is nodding and someone is speaking. I mean, especially in insurance, right? They're using these acronyms, literally like another language going on here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, just one question. Ooh, ooh what does that actually mean and why are we talking about it mm-hmm. and you can see everyone oh, I'm like, I don't know someone's like, done it yeah 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 you <laughs> saved everyone the hassle and the stress yeah we've been sitting here for half an hour we have no idea what this person is talking about thank you so I think that's a very it it you would think it's not a skill but actually it's a skill to ask why and be inquisitive yeah and, and but but tell me so from that first role, how do you make it into City then? What what happens there? Oh, good question. So um, so from 18 to 21, I uh, so started on the, the front line. So dealt with brokers mm. um, on, on our commercial and per- personal line products, moved into operations. Mm. Um, and then one day I got a call from um, two, two directors that were the business um, and they basically put an opportunity in front of me to Amazing. come work in the city at 21. Wow. So I knew that those offers don't come mm-hmm. thick and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, frustrating that you can't work in London unless you've got London experience. Yeah. How do you get the experience? Mm-hmm. So they gave me that inning, um, which I'll forever be grateful for. But compounded by that, my boss at the time was so supportive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll never forget the conversation that we had but she verbatim said if I was your mum I would tell you to grab it with both hands right yeah so um so that was the that was the the um final you know glue for me yeah it was like okay I'm doing it why not mm. you know it's a bigger world out there mm. it gives me um a chance to understand the London market more mm-hmm. um and we know that actually the London market is so big yeah that um there's still a lot you know a lot to discover and learn and the, the market landscape's constantly changing so had I not have been approached had I not have had that offer um I would never have gone into London mm. um and then that just branched out quite rapidly um to, to the position that I'm in now so that was a stepping stone Amazing. um and then I eventually came back um to uh, our uh, Huntingdon office um, closest to me um, and we formed the the, the MGA mm-hmm. um, so that started as zero million 
GWP. Right. Um, and today we're, we're sat at 35 million. Amazing. With so you've capacity. seen the sort of from zero to to up. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an incredible journey. I mean, talk to me about your role that you currently do, head of product development. If we're thinking in a TikTok day in life, <laughs> now obviously coffees are important along the way, but I'm thinking more creating a short um, description of what is what does that role entice? What's mm -hmm. the skills that you do? What you do on a daily basis, like an average day description. So um, I have to wear lots of hats at any one mm. time. Um, every part of my brain is pulled on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my, my schedule, um, arguably, uh, a lot of people say is just so manic um, yeah. that you could, you could say that it probably is a little bit too much to, to put on myself, but I actually get a thrive mm -hmm. off that pressure. Um, so a day in my world, so there's lots of meetings, um, and all purposeful mm -hmm. I might add um I deal with our insurer partners and third party suppliers mm -hmm. for our wholesale division mm -hmm. so I'm the relationship um beacon mm -hmm. so anything from audit to binders to underwriting right. to MI pricing um will, will be channeled through me to, to our partners so um any issues problems again that'll come through me so um what I typically do is just orchestrate yeah a lot of the, the mga churches that we've got in, mm -hmm. in underwriting and products so um so i have to know and be on the front foot at any one time of, of what's kind of going on um mm. especially if you know something's broken i need to be feeding that back any actions that come out of insurer meetings mm -hmm. i need to make sure people are doing you know what they should be doing to deliver the the, the, the promise ultimately yeah. um i touch a lot of stakeholders within the business mm. so I've got quite a lot of regular meetings internally mm. um to, to allow for that communication mm -hmm. so one thing that I've kind of inherited growing up is like I'm I'm, an, uh, I'm a massive believer of over communicating yes well that's a <laughs> big piece of that like say it again and again and again and again and, again, and, again. and maybe someone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> repeat it repetition <laughs> You can't go wrong with that. And you can, they can never say to you, well, you never told me. So no, no, no. I said it on a call. I said it in an email. Yeah. I put it in writing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I have to deliver a lot of communications mm. um, about moving projects, um, any new opportunities. So, yeah, a, a right mix, mix of things. So, yeah. It's a very diverse role and it's kind of relationship building, stakeholder management, communication, but also understanding how business works from end to end. So mm -hmm. um, uh, there's, there's a term generalist, which not everyone enjoys. I personally quite like it and I identify as that person says to me. Caroline Bedford at Eddie um, talks a lot about it. And that is where you really understand so many things. And that's a skill in itself. Um, because you have to build relationship with everyone in a business and you have to understand roughly what they're doing to be able to join the dots and see the big picture. Mm -hmm. Because I think there is a lot of silos often, no matter how companies try not to do it, you are the glue between everyone. I try to be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Sometimes it's a task. Oh, of course. <laughs> it needs a little sellotape and a pin <laughs> and a ripping house. But there is only so many hours in a day, right? So. So you think you need to you need to balance it wisely and think, okay, what is what is ultimately going to bring yeah. uh, money to the business yeah. as well as 
ticking all the other boxes because mm. so, we're so heavily regulated that um that yeah there's a lot of areas to, to cover of course and um at the recent event of uh, launching the podcast i've asked um attendees to write a question that they would like to ask during the podcast and one of the questions is what's your favorite thing about your job oh hmm. that's a good question um so i am very results driven mm -hmm. so i like seeing the satisfaction of people seeing something delivered mm -hmm. um i like to think that i, I try and make people's life easier um mm -hmm. by either helping them assisting them trying to be an ear for people yeah um I would say that that's probably the biggest satisfaction, knowing that I can be a support for people. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really hard to sometimes come by people that wholeheartedly want to support you, um, have your best intentions and, um, and integrity at heart, um, and, and be a team player all, all wrapped within that. Yeah. Um, I think we can be very focused on what we need to do, mm. not necessarily, okay, how does my work impact the other people around me, but how do we make it even stronger by working together and, yeah. and, you, know, and you know, bringing it in? It's an interesting skill to have, and, and this is very stereotypical. So I, I use feminine rather than women skill. Um, and there's a book mary porters i think she talks about work like a woman mm -hmm. um and that's where she talks about men, feminine and masculine kind of ways of working and one of the skills that feminine energy brings into work is collaboration and you know the, the sort of the previous alpha male running business which i just really want to be clear this is not male and female thing this is a, a sort of i call it energy but ways of working doesn't necessarily have the collaboration and it's interesting you say that you know the collaboration piece around how can we all work together mm -hmm. is brought in and you see more women having that skill mm -hmm. but I think by bringing it we we are enhancing it further and, and I think you over time we do see men starting to collaborate mm -hmm. um yeah have you seen that dynamic so I've, I would say um, I think women typically get this um, uh, almost stereotypical persona mm. um, attached where we're meant to be seen as maternal, mm. we're meant to be seen as the, um, the mum, mm. you know, the, the mother hen, yeah. and that we have to care for people and we have to nurture people. And I think there is some truth to that. I do think that... We, we we feel like our purpose and our our duty as a woman mm. is to make sure everyone's okay um but as we've quite rightly seen that that whole diversity and inclusion piece mm. shouldn't just be because you're a woman that you need to be this that's right you need to be that because actually we're all human and we've all got mm. feelings so um collaboration should never be discriminated on um mm. you know sex race yeah. socioeconomic background to, to one side mm. um I think collaboration is a big thing. It's an overused word a mm. lot of the time, isn't it? Because it is. everyone's got different definitions of collaboration. Yeah. But in practice, how many people consciously try and collaborate day yeah. to day? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point because it is by, and you know, there's so many studies out there, but more diverse teams you have, mm. more kind of different ways of working you start to introduce and you see shifts in everyone. 
of, of how to work. Mm. And you often find people that used to work certain way, actually, that's not their natural way of working. Definitely. And by having a diverse team, you empowering them to open kind of a different skills, which is, which is really good. Um, we, we spoke before starting to record, and I know you spoke about it before in various forums around the silent opportunities, I think is the word you used, which I really <laughs> liked. Um, how you, you, in your role, you actually see variety of roles available in the market mm -hmm. because you do touch point with so many stakeholders inside and outside of the business. Um, how does one find out about other opportunities? Because, you know, there's this trend of, especially when you're starting in, the, in insurance, it's like underwriting or broking, nothing mm -hmm. else is really, you know, out there. And there's so much more. Mm -hmm. And then we lose talent because underwriting and broking is not really for them, mm -hmm. but they don't really understand what else is out there. So how, how do you find out what else is out there? <laughs> It's, it's actually a really good question because I think you don't, it's like, you know, with knowledge, right? You mm. don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So you don't know what opportunities there are until you see a job advertisement mm. or you see a vacancy pop up on LinkedIn. But I think ultimately with insurance being such a people-based industry, mm. um, networking is like the core of yeah. any kind of opportunity, whether mm. that's a new job, whether that's a business opportunity. Um, and you kind of have to scale off the fact that if you know a lot of people, there's going to be that, that, that ripple effect. They're going to know of someone that knows someone that can help you. Yeah. So the bigger you branch your, uh, I don't know, networking base, that you've naturally threefolded that because mm. those people that you know know a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so, and, and you've seen it, you know, I've seen it even, where people um, will get in touch with someone who can escalate it because mm. they're really good friends or they've had a really good working relationship with someone from a previous job mm -hmm. um but in in essence silent opportunities they're they're silent for a reason right and i think that that comes from the fact that you have to want it right okay you have to want to want more mm. um and i think people that get things given to them and like hand handed on a plate mm. you have to ask yourself was there a burning desire for them to want it mm. to begin with um, and I think you have to ask yourself, what do you want? What do you stand for? Um, what What do you enjoy? What makes you get up each morning? Mm. Um, like you say, there is there is broken, there's underwriting. There's so many other pillars yeah. that you can go into. Um, reinsurance, um, you know, operations, mm. audits. Um, and then, you know, people that aren't necessarily into being customer facing or, or broker facing and just want to be behind the scenes mm. I think there's this facade that insurance is all about the people yeah and that you can only be in insurance if you're a really social person but actually mm. you don't need to be really no. social no that's true that's true <laughs> um so so um asking yourself what do you want mm. speaking to the right people to help you having a really good support mechanism mm -hmm. around you because I think sometimes you need that character assassination yeah at some point in your career where you need someone to say these are what I think your blind spots are mm -hmm. not necessarily calling it weaknesses yeah because I think sometimes weaknesses um quote unquote could be your strengths I like blind spots I've never heard someone say that I like that terminology yeah <laughs> and but you don't you don't see them yourself because no. they are blind no. and sometimes no. you're so tunnel vision and you can be so caught up in what you need to do and you know that autonomous right 
I know what I need to do today and then I'm blinkered and mm. that's it but that day that you had could have been the day where you had that silent opportunity sat right in front of you but you decided to ignore it oh okay I see what you mean yeah so okay. I think always just be open to anything and talk to people mm. and and pick their brain and, and you know understand what's happening in the market mm. you know you know you see insurers and and, and Lloyd syndicates some some are doing well some are not doing well you know what what's how is that going to impact us as a business how is it going to impact you as a person um and there will be a point in your career where you think I know what I know but I want to know more yeah so um so yeah just just always being open-minded and not having a plan which goes back to what I said right at the start (laughs) of the the podcast because I think um I think as soon as you have a plan and you don't hit it you get disappointed but um what is meant for you won't Mm. go by you I, I I like that and I think that's a start with yourself though first isn't it mm-hmm. I think often and there's nothing wrong both you and me had someone open the door for us and go go through that door mm-hmm. I think that'll be great for you I don't think there's anything wrong with that but I think there's an element of do do I want to walk through that door exactly. is this right for me or because yeah. often and from the right uh you know for the right reasons companies open various doors for people mm-hmm because that works for the company or for the manager mm-hmm. or for someone else does it actually work for you mm-hmm. or is this the point where you go oh hang on they're opening doors for me that means I've got something here what is it mm-hmm. and do I want to utilize it mm-hmm. and is this the right path or is this the moment when I go out and look I like start with yourself with the network such an important part mm-hmm. I mean how do you you know you you've spoken um at various events and um you you have a good network as well and how do you start the network and I'm not actually talking about people that are starting in the industry I'm talking you've been in the industry for a couple of years I haven't really networked much big topic at the moment um you know you're sitting there listening to this podcast going actually yeah I want to I want to explore I want to do some I want to look at my butterfly effect um <laughs> You know, I want to start looking for those silent opportunities and observe. Yeah. How do I, how do I get started? <laughs> so, this is, and I've not used this analogy before, so please do not, uh, <laughs> do not cast any judgment. And it could be quite controversial what, what I'm going to say, but um, I kind of liken networking to dating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Work with me here. Yeah. Right. So, I think that um, networking is like dating because the person you're meeting unlikely to really know truly know Mm. what they're about what their personality traits are what they do for a job what their family do uh what issues they've had in life um and similarly to that if you're networking with someone you don't know what they do as a job you don't know their cv Mm. and you also don't know how they can enhance your career right so it's kind of like you're starting again with nothing but you can ask 101 questions Mm. because you're like Tell me about you. Tell me what mm. you've been through to get to where you are. If that date, that date yeah. networking doesn't work because actually what they've experienced and what they're doing doesn't quite match what you're trying to get mm. to, then you go on to the next one, right? So, and and I'm not trying to advocate serial dating, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yes. there, there is, there is, yeah, there's, some, there's something there. So I think my approach to networking would be 
just always be yourself. Mm. Uh, because if you truly want to build a networking base, people have to know you for you, yeah, not for the person that you're trying to mm. perceive. Um, and I would say just be, be on the lookout. Be, mm. you know, be aware of what people are up to. Yeah. Um, people move from job to job and that could en- enhance what you're doing with them mm. um, if, if it gets to a point of, you know, a business opportunity. Mm. Um, but people also want to be heard. Yes. I, do you know what? I listened to um, uh, Steve Bartlett without being too, um, too cliche. So one of his podcasts. So one of his podcasts. It, he he had someone on and um and they'd essentially said that people just want to be heard mm. it doesn't matter whether you're listening or not they just want to feel like they're heard and people love talking about themselves yeah right so you give them an opportunity to say right what do you do how amazing are you mm. tell me about it people will tend to jump onto that mm-hmm. um so the conversation's already started yeah just from asking them who they are and what they yeah. do so if you can make people feel at ease and um you're you're off to one a good start and two um we're emotionally driven mm. aren't we like if yeah. if you can't be in tune and, and aware of people's emotions then um you can't I would personally find it quite hard to network mm. I, I like that that you started with as well be yourself I feel especially when you start networking, you're trying to put this persona on and, you know, will I be liked, will I be respected, all that kind of stuff. But what I found is more I tuned in to who I am, why I found my people, mm-hmm. and is people that I connect with truly, not pretend way because I think they'll be the right contact or whatever. Um, these are the people that really have helped me along the way and I would have never expected them to mm-hmm. but because we've connected on a very different level. And they've seen something in you that they yeah. truly believe in mm. and believed in. So mm. I think that in itself is a blessing. Mm. You know, for you, for your presence, your work ethic, for everything that you can mm. offer someone before you've even spoken to be recognised, you know, that is like everyone's dream. Yeah. So yeah. I think people have to see what, what you can offer mm. and your ability before you show it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's, I always say that the opportunities comes when you're not in a room, right? So mm-hmm. there's this big power around you. And I know personal brand is just sort of, a, again, one of those words that gets abused at the moment. But ultimately, more people you connect with, more people you show who you are, what you mm-hmm. can offer, the person with values that you have, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. more of those conversations happen behind the closed doors where your name gets dropped in mm-hmm. and then those silent opportunities start coming your way isn't it so exactly that I, I really I, I do like that so um think about your career and you've shared some incredible uh, quotes and and analogies and <laughs> and tips is just yeah mind, mind-blowing I can just see loads of, of little quotes uh, coming <laughs> from this conversation um and, and amazing tips um your insurance career 10 years in um incredible sort of journey along the way great networks what would you say is one thing that you've got to experience thanks to insurance thanks to being in the insurance industry that you probably wouldn't have otherwise um I would say I would say that the friendships that I've gained 
for sure. There, there are people that have become family mm. to me. Um, and you see your colleagues more than you do your own family. So I think, you know, the people that you can actually say, I I adore you, you know, there is there is a personal bond here. Mm. Um, you, you couldn't really ask for more than that. That's amazing. I love that. That's a beautiful way. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed and we could have definitely chatted much more. <laughs> I can see we have so many other topics that we could branch stuff. I was like, focus your brain, focus your brain. Um, so no, really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing as well so openly and sharing some of those um, sort of stories and anecdotes as well. Um, and yeah, good luck in your career. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Help us spread the word by following us on LinkedIn and TikTok at 100 Women in Insurance. Rate our podcast and share it on your social media platforms. Remember, this is a podcast for you, so your opinion matters to us. If you have any recommendations or comments, please get in touch through our social media. We'll love to hear from you. See you in our next episode. <laughs>